Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Mary, thy well beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Today we celebrate the great feast of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the promised Spirit upon the Church. We need the completion of Christ's work, his coming, taking flesh, suffering death rising from the dead was all ordered toward the sending of the Holy Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit could dwell in us, that mutual spirit of the Father and the Son. <clears throat> this past Thursday evening I attended a confirmation for the young people in our parishes, and it was at St. Elizabeth Church. I interviewed them before the confirmation they were in a three-year preparation program. And I stressed to them that confirmation is your personal Pentecost. Because this is the origin of the sacrament of confirmation, Pentecost. And at Pentecost, as at our confirmation, the Holy Spirit comes to bestow the fullness of the gifts and graces that he received only a part of at baptism in order to strengthen us. That is what happened at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. A sign of that universal call to go out and preach the gospel to all the nations was the ability of the apostles to speak in tongues. There are different interpretations on this. I think the best one is that they spoke one language, but the Holy Spirit interpreted for everyone so that even though the apostles were saying words in their own language that every one of their hearers could hear them in their own language. And they were amazed as the Acts of the Apostles relates today in our first reading, a sign that the Church was going to be universal, Catholic. And Jesus commissioned his apostles before he ascended to go out and preach the good news. They didn't have the strength to do that until the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit comes with his gifts. What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, the gifts of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> perfect the supernatural virtues by enabling us to practice them and to respond to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit with greater docility. I like to view the gifts of the Holy Spirit as operating on high octane that we're able to respond to the movements of the Holy Spirit much better with those gifts. St. Thomas Aquinas says we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. You can't get to heaven without them. And as we grow in the knowledge and love of God under the direction of the Holy Spirit, our service becomes more sincere, more generous, the practice of virtue more perfect with the assistance of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Pope Francis just uh, a few days ago, speaking about the Holy Spirit coming, said, in reference to Christ's words at the Last Supper, which we just heard, that <clears throat> when Jesus was ready to return to the Father, he announced to them the coming of the Spirit, the Advocate. And Jesus promises that they won't remain alone. The Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, will be with them at their side to defend them to strengthen them, sustain them. Father John Harden, who 
whose cause is being put forward for canonization. He's the greatest catechist of the last century, in my opinion. By the way, Father McDermott was working on his cause for canonization before he came here. We have to pray that he is canonized. And Father Hartman stresses that confirmation is the sacrament of martyrdom. Martyrdom comes from the Greek word martyrium, which means witness. We have to give a witness, a witness to a world that does not always want to hear the message. And this is why the apostles were strengthened, why we are strengthened. And of all the, the gifts and the helps of the Holy Spirit, especially at Pentecost and in the Confirmation, we like to focus on the gift of fortitude, one of those seven gifts. All seven of the gifts of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, piety, fortitude, fear of the Lord, and counsel. And the gift of fortitude is the gift by which the soul is strengthened against natural fear and supported in order to perform the duties that we're called to perform as Christians. Fortitude imparts to the will an impulse, an energy that moves it to undertake without hesitancy the most arduous tasks, to face dangers, to overcome obstacles, and to endure without complaint, even a slow martyrdom, and to trample underfoot human respect. We can't worry about what the world thinks of us. The world is going to be opposed to us. We have to be faithful to Jesus Christ. And, you know, kind of to pick up on a, a homily I preached a couple of weeks ago, um, we need these gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially fortitude, in our present day and age, because we are at war, you see. The culture war is heating up. And, this evidence of that is just a few days ago when um, I'll call him the Emperor, President Obama, he thinks he's the Emperor, okay, uh, ordered through the Justice Department and the Department of Education that every school in the country has to go along with a policy that would allow the so-called transgendered students uh, to use the opposite sex bathrooms, locker rooms, shower rooms, so on and so forth. This is an assault decency, the, the modesty of our students. And we have to pray that good people will stand up. I, I read that the governor of Texas, um, well, I'll, I'll back up a minute, because the, uh, the Obama administration, uh, they issued these guidelines. And how are they going to enforce them? Well, through money, withholding money. If the states don't go along with this, they won't get federal education money. So the governor of Texas responded to Obama, the president, you can keep your money. We're not going to assault our students with this policy of lunacy. Okay. Well, <clears throat> we have to be ready to fight the good fight. I'll quote Francis Cardinal George. Before he died, he saw the, the way that our culture was going, and he recognized that it won't be a good 
situation for Christians, for those who are faithful to the teaching of Christ. And Cardinal George prophesied that the day will come in the near future, and I think it's going to come sooner than we think, when good Christians are not going to be able to obtain jobs in government, in teaching, in law, in medicine, go down a number of different jobs and, and opportunities that they will be denied because you will have to go along with the program of the government which is more and more anti-Christian, more and more demonic, because really this is, this is demonic, it is, at its root. And we need the strength of the Holy Spirit to, to stand up and be strong in the face of persecution because the persecution is coming, my friends. It is coming. I've said from the pulpit before, I expect to be arrested someday for what I'm saying from the pulpit. Call it hate speech, call it whatever you want, and we have to be ready to submit to anything in order to be faithful to Jesus Christ. But here's the good news, that the battle is already won, you see. We've won the battle through Jesus Christ. And this is why we, we can't be saddened by the, the turn of events here. We can't be upset by this. Jesus, in the Gospel today, I'll read his words. Jesus says, Peace be with you, my peace I give you. There are fruits of the Holy Spirit, which are indications that we are living the life of the Spirit. Peace is one of those. The devil wants to take away our peace and get us upset. We can't be upset, we can't be too distraught over the things in the world. We should be angry, a righteous anger, yes, but not to be upset to the sense that we're preoccupied our minds with these things going on. We take everything in stride, knowing that it's all in God's hands, and that the victory is ours in the end. We know that. And Barry said, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. We know that the triumph, the victory is ours. And we have to maintain that interior peace. And I'll just finish off with another fruit of the Spirit that we have to keep in mind. It's joy. Joy, we, we have a deep interior sense of joy. You know, we should be joyful every time we walk out of Mass because we have just received the body and blood of Christ. What greater source of joy could there be? We have to be exuding joy when we go out into the world after Mass and be ready to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ knowing that Christ is with us and the Holy Spirit dwells in us and that we can face anything, principalities, dark powers of the world, none of it should bother us, none of it. Let us bring that joy of Christ to others and let us, for strength and inspiration, turn to Our Lady, the Queen of Peace. She is the heart of the Church, especially at Pentecost, we see that. And she is the mother church, our spiritual mother. She will wrap her motherly mantle around us. She was always at peace and even joyful, even at the foot of the cross, because she knew the victory was being won. Let us ask Mary for those fruits of the Spirit, that interior peace, that interior joy, so that we may live in the Spirit and be those witnesses God calls us to be to a world so in need of his saving message. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.